<laughs> I guess that's what I do. I ship software right before baby's born. Yep. It's, it's baby-driven development. Episode number 18, December 2014. In this episode, Brandon Mathis talks about Octopress and its target audience, the reasons why it's popular among developers, its limitations, as well as current and future implementations. So Octopress is about six years old, I guess? Yes, probably, I guess. So how did your target audience evolve over this uh, this time? The, the first version of Octopress was not widely used as far as I know. And, that, and that's one of the things that I can't really track the way it's the way that it's used right now. Um, it's distributed as a Git repository. And so if people want to use it, they just run clone from a URL and, um, and it downloads to their site. But I don't know, you know, how many downloads it gets uh, from that. It, if, I guess if GitHub gave me all those stats, then maybe I would know a little more. But um, when I launched version two, it was a pretty big update, and some people posted it to Hacker News, and a lot of people got onto it from there. And then there have been some influential bloggers who have written about why they're switching to Octopress, and other people have jumped on since then. It, it, the, the target audience has mostly been developers. I think a lot of friends of developers who aren't programmers have started using it. I talked to a guy who is a uh, he's a teacher at a school system, and they have their own system they're supposed to use to publish coursework and uh it's like blackboard is something that some people use there's just something else but it's it's an internal um corporate thing that they use to communicate with students and it's really hard to use you can't do much with html and css it's all it's it's designed for people who basically want to post word docs or whatever like it's really hard and so he has bucked the trend and he's now using um octopress to post all of his own stuff yeah, and then I know a guy who his wife is a playwright, and she just uses it. You know, he set it up for her. He's a developer, and she uses it all the time to just post to her own blog. So yeah, it's it has a wider audience, um, but uh, the core audience and the target audience is definitely developers. What do you think are the reasons why Octopress is popular among developers? I think probably because a lot of developers don't want to have to do the design. And because Octopress ships with a responsive design that's already set up for them and in a lot of nice defaults, it's kind of like, you know, they don't have to fool with a lot of the things that maybe they're, maybe they're not as comfortable with front-end programming. And so they don't really know what HTML tag they're supposed to use here or there or what, um, you know, when it comes to CSS, that's like, what is this ridiculous language that these designers are using? And so... Um, Having to, I think having to write a whole site from scratch like that is, uh, is not appealing, but all the other aspects of Jekyll are appealing. And so Octopress kind of solves the pain point and lets them use a static site. Do you think um, that Octo because Octopress comes out of the box with a couple of design decisions for developers, do you think that might be one reason why it's not so popular among designers? That could be. When I initially launched Octopress version 2, uh, there... A lot of, uh, I guess, I think a great number of the users of this who are developers are on Unix systems, and a lot of those are on Macs. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of the designers that I know, most I think most of the people who are developing, in, at least in the, the circles that I'm in, are using, you know, Apple products. And so the, um, 
for a long time, the version of Ruby that shipped with the Mac OS X operating system was uh, Ruby 187. And that is painfully old and slow and doesn't have support for UTF-8 and all kinds of things that are frustrating. And so when, uh, let's say, you wanted to write a blog in Chinese, uh, your characters are not compatible with certain things in Ruby. And so there's all these workarounds to get outside of it. And so when I first launched Octopress 2, I was like, I'm not putting up with that. We're using Ruby 1.9.3 at the minimum. And so in order to do that, people would have to install their own version of Ruby, which meant uh, trying to navigate how and how do you do that. And some people wouldn't even have a system installed. Like So if you're a designer, you probably don't install things like that very often or figure them out. And so in order to do that, you have to follow a series of steps, which isn't that complicated, but if you've never done it before, it's daunting. And now the the you know OS 10 is shipping with Ruby 2.0, which is you know a huge improvement and solves a lot of those problems. And so I think the barrier is much less for designers uh, now because they don't have to fool with a lot of the things they would normally have to do in order to set up Octopress. Do you see many people using it for static sites for maybe um, small companies that want to have maybe three, four sites and about page and that's it? Yeah, that happens all the time. I think it's a really the way I've, I've designed Octopress in its current iteration. And I've got a new version that's coming out that's wildly different and does all kinds of cool things. But the current iteration is really designed for people who they're primarily writing a blog and they might have about pages and things. And that limits the, the uh, audience for it a lot. And so the next version um, is really just trying to help people make websites and blogs are a part of that. You can have a, you can have your site index at slash news if you want to, it doesn't have to be your main page you land on certain things like that. People want to be able to make changes in. And so I'm addressing a lot of that stuff, but yeah, the, the new version of Octopress, uh, Octopress three that I'm working on right now is, is wildly different from what people get today. It has, um, it separated out all of the plugins and all of the features into separate modules. So the uh, right now, if you want to do things with Octopress, it mainly automates a lot of things with Jekyll, comes with defaults and plugins. And so the automation is in a rake task. And so you run commands like rake generate to generate your site. Well, the new Octopress uh, version three comes with a CLI. And so now you're not using rake anymore, you're using a CLI and the commands much more closely mirror what you do in Jekyll. So you can run Octopress build to build your site and Octopress server dash dash watch, and it'll uh, launch a web, you can launch a website, uh, or sorry, a web browser pointing at localhost 4000, and it will show you what it's generating. If you make a change, it'll update that immediately. Um, so those sorts of things are changed, but then you also uh, get new, new, um, new features. So if you wanted to create a template for posts and pages, you can say Octopress new post, dash dash template and give it a um, give it a file and it will read that file in and when it'll create a new post at whatever the title you know where, where in the in the correct location for that post on your site uh, sorry in your file system and it will uh, automatically have whatever you put in your template in there so you can have like if you have a certain type of news or if you have a sponsor if you have all these different ways you can you can create a bunch of different templates for your different types of posts that you would use and easily create a new post with that default built in. Also, the deployment is separated out. I'm writing a new theme and plugin system called Octopress Inc., which makes it really easy for anyone to build themes and overwrite things and ship them as Ruby gems that have versions so that you can 
upgrade your theme intelligently, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a really big change. Can you name maybe a few bigger projects that uh, use um, Jekyll or Octopress and use the advantage of um, being able to scale static sites? Well, Jekyll is used by uh, all kinds of sites out there. Uh, uh, probably a good example is the Obama campaign site and the healthcare.gov use Jekyll on the front end. They, they, they're famously known for some issues they had on the back end that was not related to Jekyll. But, uh, but that, you know, being able to deploy a Jekyll site like that and expect to be able to handle that kind of traffic, uh, which would be overwhelming for anything else, uh, unless they really, I mean, it, it basically gave them a really cheap way to host something that was going to be extremely popular. So um, they've had great success with that. Do you see um, any common uh, limitations for using Octopress uh, or Jekyll sites? For example, not being able to have accounts, I guess? So it's interesting because it really depends on how you want to use a site, what your limitations are going to be. You don't have accounts. And so if you wanted to have somebody else working with you collaboratively on a Jekyll site, they have as much rights as you do. There's no permission system, except if you use it with GitHub, and then you can, if they have a GitHub account, then they they can have, uh, you know, they may be able to merge things into branches, but they they can't deploy it. And so you could say, uh, when you want to write a post, then create a pull request with your with your post in it, and then you can have a collaborative process of editing and revising on a pull request. And then you can be the one that merges it into master and deploy it yourself, or you can have people with that. So you can actually use GitHub's uh, permission systems as, a, as an author permission system if you do it that way. But no, it doesn't have like a CMS style login here and do this sort of thing. Um, and I think that's kind of nice. It's not nice not to have to manage that. Do you see other limitations as well? So I think, I think other limitations are mostly what you want to do with the blog after it's up. If you want to have comments, you can do that with a JavaScript embed. So discuss is a popular comment embedded system uh, that works all on the front end and you don't have to have a back end for it. But I think they're starting to insert ads in people's sites and people don't like that. So if they comments are really important to them and they don't want to pay or they don't, you know, I don't know what, what, what discuss does, uh, what their business policy is for all that sort of thing, what their product offerings are. But if people don't want something like that and they really want comments, then either they have to roll their own system, uh, which means they're going to have to use a database somewhere. It may not have to be in their blog. They could write a comment system that they embed themselves, but it's, uh, it's probably much easier to start up a WordPress site or something like that. So there is also, if you wanted to have like really dynamic things, if you want to have a place for people to be able to log in and post or, have a bunch of user accounts like uh, CSS tricks does stuff where you can have an account um, so that when you post it's you or something like that. There's a lot of, uh, maybe he uses discuss. I can't remember, but there, anyway, there are a lot of things you can do with a database that you can't do with static files. It used to be a lot harder to do. Um, it used to be a lot harder to publish a site without a database because you, we didn't have all these JavaScript embeddable systems. You had to have, uh, uh, like, you know, being able to have comments on your blog used to be impossible. Uh, being able to do related posts seemed crazy. And then people came up with a system to actually, when you generate a Jekyll site, it can compare all of the posts that you have and try to figure out which ones are related. And it outputs a list that you can link to at the bottom of any post. So there are, there are a lot of ways you can get around 
those sorts of things, but there are going to be limitations depending upon how you use the site or what you want out of it. Thank you.